This is a podcast from Minute Media. First big injury of Bears camp, not what you wanted. Lucas Patrick, supposed to be the Bears center, carted off, apparent thumb injury. And we'll break that down with my guy Herb Howard, but when you're carted off, as Herb will mention, that ain't great. Probably isn't just uh, a little bit of a blister, if you will, on the thumb. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, apparently sick, not at practice. Bears seem to be souring on last year's second-round draft pick. And yes, gas prices are expensive. I'm coming from the south loop of Chicago out to Lake Forest, and I've been riding the train, and I've been reading my bear stuff and reading whatever else and just enjoying my time. But today, it was the Lollapalooza crowd. And let me tell you something. That was an experience coming back from practice today. We'll get into it. Have a little fun with the Palooza. Good to be young, I guess. Looks like a lot of fun out there. Day two, Bears training camp in the books. The Windy City Bears podcast starts right now. Showtime. Where in the world is Tevin Jenkins? What happened to our guy that, if you read Herb stuff at It's the Bigs, which you should be doing, which I did this morning, and then I got to yell at Herb at practice today because I don't think you said on the pod yesterday that you thought that the Bears were going to cut Tevin Jenkins, but it was in your piece at the it's the Bigs, and I'm like, my my, and and then five minutes later, dude's not showing up for practice, and uh, I don't know. People are speculating that it could be over for Tevin in Chicago. Listen, it was very interesting. So I was, you know, I was going through, you know, just my work yesterday, and we went to practice. We did the windy. I started writing a column. I uh, had scheduled to appear on another podcast. I appeared on a podcast and it came up. And while we were talking, I was like, yo, I think he's in danger of not making the roster, right? And we, we were talking about, you know, Riley Reef and Schofield and Braxton Jones and Larry Borm. And I was like, who's the odd man out? It's like Tevin Jenkins seems to me at this point as the odd man out. Now, could that change over the next 30, 40 days? Absolutely, it could. But if I had to guess right now, he's the odd man out. You talk about an NFL roster and you take eight guys, offensive linemen, right, onto the active roster. You talk about game day, five starters, a swing tackle that can play left and right, an interior lineman, and maybe you'll bring it, you maybe you'll address a third. If Tevin Jenkins is not the swing tackle, and we've got Borum, Reef, and Jones in front of him. So he's not the swing tackle. Coach Iberflus told us he's probably not going to play inside. So he's not the interior guy either. That's most likely going to be Sam Mustafer if we were talking about it right now. If Schofield's going to start at right guard, Sam Mustafer has positional flexibility at center at guard. He's the other guy. Your man is out. He's out. And so all I said was I think he's in danger of not making this team. And Twitter went like Twitter went like they were like, yo, what do you mean? He's yada, yada. And, I, and I don't know where I don't know where people got this emotional connection to Tevin Jenkins from. He hasn't played that many games as a bear. I understand the optimism or the expectation, and you think he's gonna be this, you think he's gonna be that, and that's fine. I thought he would be a 10-year tackle too. That's fine. All I'm saying, and I'm not saying he's not, right? I'm not saying he's a bad football player, I'm not saying he's a bad person, I'm not saying anything about him. The only thing I'm doing is looking at the tea leaves, right? I'm reading the signs from this regime since they got here. And since they've gotten here, they have not shown one single sign that says, 
we like Tevin Jenkins. Ryan Poles didn't draft him. Eberflus didn't coach him. That's not my guy. I don't care, right? I don't care that he's a second-round pick. I don't care that you thought he would be a tackle for the Bears for 10 years. He's not my guy. And so all I know is in the spring, they put a fifth-round pick from Southern Utah in front of him, right? And then right before training camp, they brought in a 10-year veteran starter, pushing him further down the depth chart. All I'm doing is reading the signs, and the signs tell me that this dude is in danger of not making the team, and people went crazy. Yeah, no, I, and I think it's 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 pretty obvious right now. Moose, good to see you, buddy. Flus, uh, apparently, Flus said he was sick on ESPN 1000. I, I, I'm sure I, he is sick. I, I, I buy that. He's, Tevin Jenkins isn't going AWOL, and the Bears aren't telling him to stay home. So I'm sure there was a legit reason. Uh, but what, what's what's more interesting is everything that Herb just laid out. Here's a guy that Ryan Pace loved, and we all know Ryan Pace's success rate with high, higher draft picks, uh, starting with Mitchell Trubisky, obviously at the top of the list, get the, get your Trubisky jerseys. I didn't see them out there today, actually. I, I missed that. I didn't. I, I looked, too. I looked, okay. too. Okay. I, I actually just realized right now that I, I wasn't looking, but like what I did see was – there was a Ditka jersey. There was a bunch of Justin Fields, and there was a a, a, pay, a sweetness jersey was up. But I'm sure he was sick. But the reality is 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 what you're laying out here. Uh, look, back in March, and Jason Leaser, shout out Jason Leaser, who I think I weirded him out today when I told him we were shouting him out on the podcast <laughs> uh, yesterday. He didn't understand what I was talking about. But he he's got a great piece out at, at the Sun Times, just laying it all out, and uh, it's a good point. The, the the he he writes that the first sign of trouble and it, and it certainly stood out at the time polls gave an intentionally vague response back in March about it being quote too early to ascertain anything regarding Jenkins playing left or right tackle and then he writes a much louder alarm went off in the spring when fifth round pick Braxton Jones fresh out of Southern Utah got left tackle reps ahead of Jenkins which is everything you just said so I it, it listen they have not shown any liking for Tevin Jenkins. Shout out uh, the late Ricky Birdsong, one of my favorite people in this town that never gets mentioned who used to coach Northwestern basketball. And when he got there, there was a, a, a NU hoop player whose name was Dion Lee. And he and Birdsong to the media one day was like, I don't like anything about Dion Lee. In fact, I'm starting to call him Kenneth. He's now Kenneth Lee, which I think was his middle name. It's almost like the Bears are doing the same thing with Tevin Jenkins. We don't like anything about Tevin Jenkins. In fact, we're going to make him the swing tackle, and we're going to make him compete to be the swing tackle who barely plays. So as far as him being on the roster, uh, it, it most definitely is a question. And then the other you know, huge news today, and, and not good for the Bears, and who, who they are invested in, who they love, is Lucas Patrick. And uh, apparently he's got some level of thumb injury and he was carted off and, and Doug Kramer, the late round pick out of Illinois, was playing center. That's a problem. That's that a is problem. not that's not what you wanted to see. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you have anything on Lucas other than that sucks, but that just definitely sucks. No, I don't have anything on him in terms of what the actual injury is, but I know football players, especially offensive linemen. Right. And so he didn't leave practice and get carted off with a thumb because he jammed it, right, or he broke a fingernail, he broke it or dislocated it or, tore, or even worse, tore some ligaments in it, right? Like something's wrong with his thumb. And I don't know if it's right hand, left hand, if it's a snapping hand, whatever it is, but if he left practice 
with a thumb injury. An offensive lineman in the National Football League left practice with a thumb injury. It's significant. He's going to miss time, right? He's going to miss time while they are learning an offense. He knows the offense. He came from Green Bay. He knows it. But in terms of gelling with the rest of his teammates, gelling with Justin Fields most specifically, getting used to working next to Whitehair and maybe Sam Mustafer or Michael Schofield, going to cost him some time and so the regular season and then you come back in and he can and he can go that's going to cost the bears dearly. you don't want the first time your starting five is playing together shows up i'm not I, again i do not know the injury that he's staying i just know football players especially at the nfl level and especially offensive linemen if he left practice because of a thumb he didn't jam it he broke it, dislocated it, or tore something in it, and it's gonna miss. It's gonna cost him some time. Yep. Uh, listen, broken thumb off the top of my head. Worst case scenario, that's two months, uh, six to eight weeks, probably more likely. So you're probably past San Francisco. You're 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 maybe looking at week three, week four, which sucks. Not the sucks. end of the world, like it is. And and maybe he plays with the whole cast on that thing. But if it's on his right hand. Uh, or his right hand, he can't snap. He can't snap the ball. Can you snap left hand? I don't. It's not going to work. You, that, that's just not going to be so. That so what do you? So I would imagine they move Sam Mustafer back over, plug in show. Right, you, you move Sam back to center. You plug in Showfield, and you go from there. But that's not ideal either. That's just it's not. It's a bad situation to see today. I mean, uh, shout out. Hamp and OB and specifically Ed Obradovich, who, uh, you know, I do the bear show on WGN with, he was, we was screaming, screaming for a year. Mustafer is not a center. He gets his ass kicked. He, he is not physical enough to play there. So, and I, I, I mean, it's way too early and it was on the fly, but the fact that they put Doug Kramer right back in there uh, and not Sam is interesting. Um, would they actually go with the the gritty Illinois? Uh, who? But Doug Kramer is a center. That's what he played in college. Uh, can Ryan Poles be good enough to hit on a late round pick and Kramer to make him the bare center? That's with Justin Fields as your quarterback. That's asking a whole lot. Uh, so this is. I mean, listen. Yesterday, one of the first days, the first full day of practice, the Bears brought up Lucas Patrick and Justin Fields to sit together and talk to the media that this is this is obviously not what they wanted to see happen uh let's see here let's get some people in shy city veteran can either of you confirm the story about Jenkins not being able to squat yet i have nothing on that herb do you i've got nothing on that either but if you heard it it's just it's another thing that is kind of taxed on and says listen what's the best available what's the best ability right it's it's availability everybody knows that and if he's not available because of a back or because he's sick, or because of this, or because of that. It's just, it just doesn't bode well for this guy being one of five coming the regular season. And I, right now, I don't see it. And I don't know how anybody can see it. I, I know everybody was up because I said he might not make the team. How's he going to get cut second round pick? I don't care. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Pose didn't draft him. He doesn't care. A lot of the NFL red flagged him in the draft. That's what some people said. He he was a first-round talent. He slipped to the second round because a lot of teams red flagged him, took him off, took him off their board because of his back. 
the Bears took him with the back, and then he had to get back surgery last year, missed most of the season, comes in, plays a few games, and now he's back out again, and we're talking about can he squat or not. And I, I, I just don't see it. See, I don't, I don't see him. I don't Whether they can get some trade value for him or, or swap him for a fifth, sixth, or seventh, whatever, but I don't. they don't seem to like him. It's not about do I think he can play. It's not about what I think. I'm just telling you what I've seen from Poles and Eberflus. They don't seem to like him. Right, and what's his value right now? Could you get a fifth-round pick for him? Would they do something like that and be so. aggressive? Uh, I, I, I don't know if they could. Sixth-round pick, uh, would you do that? Uh, a lot of moving parts on the offensive line right now. Uh, I, 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 the, the chances are of his value going up over time is very little. So do you, do you just, you know, sunk cost, let's take what we can get right now. Maybe they will do that. Young Drizzy, we apologize that you're having those muster for nightmares already. We, we feel you, Young Drizzy. Good to see you. Um, look, I, I don't know if, if, if Doug Kramer can do it. Nobody does. But I, I am at least in, I'm intrigued by him. Everything that I that, every time that he's talked to us, I think it's been a couple times that we've seen Doug Kramer at least once. I, I liked his attitude. I like the fact that he has played the position his entire college career. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, uh, look, Jay Hilgenberg, there, um, we can all go back to Hilgi. I believe he was an un, I think Hilgi was undrafted. Uh, so yeah. you can you can find diamonds in the rough. Maybe he is that. I, I certainly would be interested to see him uh, getting some some opportunities here if if Patrick is out, and maybe that. You know, win-win. He gets better quicker, so uh, that could have an impact. That's what the they way. did today, right? They they plugged in Doug Kramer. They did not slide Sam Musper right. over and plug in Schofield. They they plugged in Doug Kramer, and so obviously they want to see what he's got too. And if he can, if he shows well there, then he'll just continue to progress, and he'll have four, five, six weeks to show, hey, I can do this. And if he can, then he may find himself lining up starting center at Soldier Field week one. That'll be crazy. Shy City veteran, we can't be giving you PTSD. Thank you for your service if you are actually a vet. Um, you have a PTSD moments just thinking about the possibility of Mustafa being back at center again. So is probably Ryan Pohl. So is Matt Eberflus. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to – I mean, maybe, that's the most logical thing to happen because he's been there and playing a rookie seems too tall, but let, let's just hope that that's not where it goes. The, yeah. the other thing today that I, that I uh, and I asked Luke Getze about it, Bears offensive coordinator, and he gave a pretty good response. Uh, you know, literally everybody had a drop today. Darnell Mooney's dropping footballs. Uh, Pringle. Across, Brian Pringle had a drop. A bunch of the your, your, your backups were dropping balls. Like every which way you looked, it just didn't look good. The offense had a bad – you, you asked about them being behind, which he's like, it's not so much behind. We can't really block and all that stuff. But what he did say, Luke gets he was like, what pisses me off is the execution. So there have been false starts and different things going on. So it, it is clear, however you want to slice it, the Bears offense ain't anywhere near ready to be on the field right now. No, and, I, and we heard that from Justin Fields, you know, in the spring. And he was like, you know, somebody asked him, is, are they ready to play a game? He's like, no, hell no, we're not ready to play a game. We got a lot of work to do. We want to play the game right now. We got our ass kicked. I appreciate him being honest about that, but they're still kind of working through those things. And shout out to Luke Getzey for talking about the execution more than the drops. Coaches see the game through a different set of eyes, right? And so everybody sees the drop. And you may just be like, oh, he dropped the ball. But the coach may know what, what happened is 
you didn't you were supposed to get to 12 yards and then break you got to 11 and broke and so you were too early or you went to 13 and broke and so you were too late and now you were reaching if you were if you had broken when you were to break you'd have been right where you were supposed to be or he's looking at just supposed to go one two three four five out you went one two three four five pack out and then you were late and so that caused the drop there are lots of things that I can you, you see the drop and it's like hey pringle drop that ball we dropped that ball and certainly he did we got no problem but there are different reasons for why those things happen it could be about the depth of the route it could be about when how you break did you come straight down the line did you take an angle on your break those types of things and coaches see that and so when, you, when i hear getsy say the drops are one thing the execution is a bigger thing i start to think about those little small things like that and i, I appreciate him holding accountable for that I, listen, it all plays into it. This is uh, it is a it is a challenging game. Timing is something that you work at, work at, work at, work at. And Darnell Mooney speaking today. You know, after practice, Fields is staying on the field. Let's get some extra reps in here. Yes, I'm the hardest working guy, and yes, all of you, Equiminius St. Browns and whoever else. And I learned something by the way on my on my training camp, darling, which uh, Chris Fink. I've been saying Finky. Finky. It's mm. Fink. I I apologize to the Fink family. I've been saying Finky is my darling because F-I-N-K-E, why wouldn't that be Finky? But it's not Finky. It's Fink. Uh, okay. Bears PR Big Ben let me know that that uh, that's the case. Well, Adam Johns actually had that first to me. Then, 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 then Adam Hogue asked Bears PR, and it's confirmed. It's Chris Fink, who's barely been on the field. So my – Training camp, darling, is 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 fading in front of me right now, but I'm still holding up because I haven't seen him drop any balls. Uh, everybody else seems to be doing it, but there's a prerequisite uh, to dropping a pass, Carm. You realize that? Yeah, you, you got to get open. You got to get the ball or, thrown to you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, shy city veteran. I want to jump right to your comment right here because I couldn't agree more. Listening to these coaches during pressers like a breath of fresh air compared to the last ones. I completely agree. The, the whole Bears right now, honestly, are a breath of fresh air. There is yeah. a totally a, a totally different feel right now. There, it, it feels like they got rid of so much dead weight or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it just – it had to happen. And whatever diarrhea of the mouth or just whatever was coming from Matt Nagy, to not be hearing that right now is truly refreshing. No offense, by the way, Matt Nagy, but it, it was just – it was time, clearly. Uh, it was definitely time. Yeah. We never heard Matt Nagy say, you know, we had a bad practice today. We didn't look good out today. Every single time we talked to him, they had just come off of the greatest practice known to football. <laughs> and it's like, always? And at some point, you just come to – you like, you think you're talking to. You think we've never – been around a football team anywhere, that's just not the nature of the game. You're going to have bad practices. You're going to have rough days where you kind of look sloppy or you don't look quite as sharp. And every time we talked to him, it was, we, just, we, had, a, we had a great day out there. No, you didn't. You, not all the time. Not all the time. And so it's refreshing to hear an offensive coordinator come and say, yeah, I'm pissed at the execution today. We never heard that. We never heard that. Yeah, and he – He's got a when if people haven't seen the Luke Getzey presser, I'm you, I'm sure you know how to find it. But he he's got a just a sort of a solidness to him uh, that 
you can just feel, I guess, when he's up there. Flus is, you know, Flus is not out there ripping the team at all. Uh, but he is talking about accountability all the damn time. So, and then you hear the players talking about it. Uh, basically, every time someone's up there, somehow that gets weaved into the conversation. So the direction of the franchise is just feels a whole lot better right now. And speaking of that, too, yeah. I'm walking in today. There's George McCaskey, the chairman, the dude who's got probably a B in his bank account, as in billions or a lot of damn dough. Maybe it's just yes. millions, but whatever it is, yeah. it ain't one million. It ain't even ten million. He's got a lot, a lot, a lot of money. He owns something and that's he, worth a billion. <laughs> yeah, he he's directing fans into into training camp, and it's right this way. And I'm and I, I I walked up to him. I'm like I'm like George. Do people know who they're talking to when he's like he's like maybe a couple do, but most really don't care. They like he's a he's a you can say what you want about George, and I've said a lot of things about George that uh, it's amazing. A lot of things to say about. Him. Yeah, like he, he you can't, don't say he's not a nice guy because George is George is just a that's straight good dude. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's I mean, not true. I, I, today I was walking over to Fields three and four, and if you're not familiar with Hallis Hall, Fields three and four are about two or three city blocks away from the, the actual buildings, right? The office building where the locker room and everything are, where the media room is. And so I'm walking those two or three city blocks, and, and we get to a point where the players kind of cut through on these golf carts, and they've got security out there. And what the security does is they take these ropes and they block off traffic so that the golf carts can pass through. And while they're doing that, Brad Biggs is standing at the front waiting. And Brad Biggs is, you know, surly and he's like just waiting. Like, when can we go through? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, so I'm messing with him. I said, Brad, you don't got the right of way around here. You can't just cut. Like, no, man. And George <laughs> is standing right there, right? So I'm, I'm messing with Brad. George grabs my arm and he just says, "Hey, move out! Come, come, come over here! Step over here!" Because there, there's another cart coming from behind me, and George doesn't want me to get hit. And he's that kind of guy. He's just that. He's just that. He, he just grabbed my arm. He's like, "Hey, hey, hey! Step, step over here! Step over here! Step over here!" All right, there's a bunch of elite stuff going on right now. Number one, you just pulled out the rope prop out of nowhere number two you just pulled out the the water bottle as in you this is like this is this is like madden on the telestrator right now with herb on the pod <laughs> current 2022 Boom. version and uh let me just tell everybody a story about herb howard today because I'm, I'm glad that you were going at brad biggs that's football media royalty he's been covering the team since the team love has brad been covered biggs. basically Lo love Big Z, and he, he's you know uh radio tv uh radio print the whole thing brad biggs is the, is the man but so Best. you're playing with him but then there were two young tv people up from rockford or somewhere and the, and and these guys were the nicest dudes ever and they asked really meekly in the media room today like hey is that the the midway which is like this place where you can like I don't know, have a conversation and lunch is served over there is that the midway through that door over there and, and I was like, yes, it is nice young media people. It, it absolutely is. And Caitlin Sharkey, uh, WGN, went out of her way. Yes, it's right there. Just walk right through there. And so everyone's being nice to these guys. And then they open up the door. Herb Howard 
it starts barking like there's a Doberman there that's going to eat these. <laughs> because because once you guys told them, you know, yeah, you guys can go through it, like, okay, because we just wanted to make sure we didn't open the wrong door and kind of walk into the wrong thing and see somebody and we were, weren't supposed to go. It's like, even once you guys told them, go ahead, they walked to the door so gingerly and they kind of turned the doorknob and said, through. As soon as he picked his hair, like, oh! <laughs> then the whole the whole room just started laughing. I, I, I'm silly. I can't help myself, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You're to, to to young to young Rockford TV guy first job. <laughs> like all of a sudden, Lance Briggs is on the other side of that thing, just gonna crack him. They were walking uh, on eggshells, afraid that they were like gonna walk into uh, Virginia McCaskey's bedroom or something like that. <laughs> like, like, where where are we going? <laughs> Well, it, it, for the record, there's like a lot of doors at Hallis Hall. You're not exactly sure where goes what. You have and, no idea where. Listen, I'm, this, this is only my second season on the beat. Okay, <laughs> last year I was gingerly turning doorknobs. Okay, so let, like let me. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not unaware of what they were dealing with in that moment. I just. I'm too silly to not take advantage of it. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, it made my day. I, I thank you. That that was great. And. Uh, <laughs> And, and they're good. They're those guys survived. They, there was a nice. It was a, it was a good moment in time. Uh, and so you went at bigs too. It's that 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 just shows we're not we're not pedestal. We're not just going at the the youth. We're going well, at. It's not just the new guy. Them. It's the yeah. most veteran guy too. It's rookies and hall of famers. We everybody anybody can get it. That's what we say on the south side. Anybody yeah. can get it. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. All right. So let's see what else. Day two. Trying to think what else we need to hit here. Uh, we, Darnell Mooney spoke today. Um, I thought he said one interesting thing about Fields' leadership uh, that stood out to me. Where, like last year, you you got a guy who won a Super Bowl in the room. You have a veteran in Andy Dalton, and so how do I lead these guys? And so like he's asking questions to the vets because he's a rookie and he's deferring and he's a good teammate and he knows his place. And so yeah. here's here here we go with Nick Foles telling him, well, tell him this, or Dalton saying, tell him that. Well, he doesn't have that right now. He's got Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. And by the way, they were doing some throwing drills today. Did you see Nathan Peterman? They they were you they were having they, they they throw them they they you know they've got targets up and in Peterman's the trying to yeah nets okay yeah. and there's squares in the nets you're trying to hit the square in the net and it's a pretty big net and the square's not that big I mean you know these are NFL quarterbacks they can put it in a tight window Nathan Peterman he is throwing a wounded duck 40 yards down the field that's landing, you know, wide right, wide left, short. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, can anybody give Colin Kaepernick a call here? I mean, this is the, this is the best dude you, you got. Peterman, who sucked everywhere, and even in a just hitting a target, professional yeah. football player, like throw a spiral, awful. And not that it no. matters, it's the third string quarterback, but it was like, it was noticeable how terrible it was. Um, well, that's bad. I, I actually, I, I like that they incorporate apparatus into you know their daily routine, right? It's it's like you said, it, it's a net, like you know, like a lacrosse type net or something that they set up there, and it has two squares in it. One of the squares is blue, the other square is red, and as the quarterbacks drop back, the quarterback coach Janoko says red, or he says blue, right before they release the ball, and then they try and throw it in to said square. I like it because well, 
open is different than it is in college or in high school or anything like that. Open is a small window in the NFL. And putting the ball here versus putting the ball here is a huge difference. And so if the red net is here and the blue net is here, that matters, right? If, if, if the ball supposed to be high and outside and you leave it low inside, that's the difference between a first down and a pick six, right? And, and it, that, 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 that small placement matters. And Peterman couldn't hit the side of a barn, but Fields needs to be able to decipher between here and here. It's about 18 inches maybe between those two squares, but it could be the difference between six points going your way or the other way. And Fields throws look the best, not surprisingly, but he, he also is not exactly on the money every time either. It's no. it's no. It, he's but that that's that that spiral is tight and there's some juice behind it uh and and he's good he but it's he's he's better uh cuz today they had net set up say 20 yards down the field net set up yeah. 40 yards down the field not yeah. not a huge surprise that he's more accurate on the 20 yard but it's it's noticeable on the 20 he's he's yeah. pretty good bang 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 whereas the 40 it's I I don't know one out of three one out of four it feels like that he's that he's right there he's around it he, but some of them some of them yeah. landed shorter than that today uh, and I don't want to put the guy too much under the microscope on on throws to a net but this is this is what we're doing um, and he tis the season I don't, this, he, this, is the, this is the part of the season yeah. where we overanalyze overemphasize minimally important activities some of which are done by players that won't be on this team where their name Tevin Jenkins or not right and but this is what we do as Bears fans as Bears reporters this is what we do is the season to overanalyze every single throw. number 57 intercepts from fields and then you pull your roster and you say oh who's number 57 and say yo is Jack Sanborn gonna make the team hell no Jack Sanborn's not gonna make the team but that's what we all do that's what we all do is just that's this, this, this is the season for it. That's what we do right now. He did throw a dime to Cole Komet down the middle, so that happened. Uh, and, and and Cole Komet, uh, I asked him today, too, like what makes you think this is going to be the best Bears offense that you've played? And he hasn't said that, by the way. I was just like, but that's obviously the goal. Right, right. He's, and he's like, our, our our attention to detail. That, which that answer to me was like, okay, that's not a great answer. He, he said, you ain't saying the talent in the room. You're just saying we're going to work harder, that the, we're going to be coached better. Eh, that would be a okay. lie. That would be a lie. But, yeah. but but it matters, though, right? Because certainly they had better talent in the room last year. You had Allen Robinson in the room last year. You had better talent in the room last year. You don't have a single receiver better than Allen Robinson in that room this year. So the talent was better. But it seems at this point to be better. The sense of direction and what you're trying to do seems to be more um, – clear more identified and more identifiable by the players and so that matters too and so you know it's it's a little bit give and take with talent and and coaching what did you make of the comment about uh i'm, I'm trying to remember who said it it doesn't really matter but when e equiminius st brown came up today and i think it was get i think it was getsy and he was saying that like that look you know we when we were looking at, at who we're adding we were looking at guys like St. Brown, who you know he he's got Devonte Adams there, so sure. he so his true talents 
were not able to really come out because he's playing with this superstar over here. Uh, now, now, you could also say that you play with Devontae Adams, your job gets a whole lot easier and you should be wide open right. and getting a bunch of balls. Right. But right. You, you also could make the – you can kind of twist it into it. Well, go back to their playoff game. All Aaron did was key in on Devontae Adams. So, I don't know. I, I thought that was like kind of an interesting spin. It made me think, like, okay – Maybe this dude wasn't getting as much of an opportunity and you saw something and you guys are that good at evaluating that this dude was underused. Because that that's not unreasonable. That that, that could happen. So no, I, I don't that's very he, that's very reasonable he, and understandable. And he it, it what he said about St. Brown, like uh, that uh EQ that he had some, you know, some ups and downs last year where right. he was uh, either put on the practice squad or whatever it was where things were not going his way, and he handled the adversity very well and came back, and that's when he really impressed Luke Getze, which probably you can draw a straight line to why he's on this Bears roster right now. So I don't want to make it out like we've got a dynamic uh, wide receiver, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm open to the possibility at least that we've got something that perhaps we're sleeping on a little bit in, 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 in EQ. You know, those are the, those are the two things that intrigue me the most about EQ and about um, Pringle, right? The fact that they both came from the place where the the GM and the and the offensive coordinator were. Right? I think I think that matters. You didn't have to bring those guys here. You clearly liked something about them in all the time that you spent with them. And so I believe him when he says, "I always thought EQ could ball. He wasn't quite a professional, and so he went through some adversity." He didn't make the 53. We're going to put him on the on the practice squad. He handled that adversity well. I literally saw him with my own eyes develop and become a pro and turn into a serviceable player, and I wanted him here. I think that bodes well for EQ. I think the same thing of Pringle um, when you talk about Ryan Poles. And so those two things bode well for both of those players. I like to see that. Obviously, they probably wouldn't be here if that weren't, if that weren't the case. And I, th I thought that was very, very refreshing to hear. Does that mean either of them are going to be – you know, thousand yard receivers, or even you know, seven, eight hundred yard receivers. Who knows? That remains to be seen. But I, I certainly think that there's something to be said for bringing them with you, right? You place you don't like what was there, you leave it there. You don't bring it with you unless you wanted it. Hundred percent. Like, right? I know this dude. If you hate it, you know, it, it there's got to be there's got to be some level of intriguement. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. I was going to ask him today, and I wimped out on this one. Do, is there any chance that Justin Fields is going to lead this team in rushing with the offense that you're putting in, Luke Getzey? Because is that is that remotely on the table? I thought maybe too tall of a question, so I wimped out on it. But what do you think of that concept? I think I think to be close, I think he'll be part of that rushing attack for sure. I, I hope not. To be honest with you, I hope not. I hope Number not one, too. I, yeah, I, I hope not, number one, because I would like for the running game, you know, organically to be able to produce in terms of putting the ball in David Montgomery's hands, giving it to Khalil Herbert, maybe getting uh, Ebner involved in there, too. But then also, you know, has that ability. So I be, you know, second, maybe third team in rushing for sure. I don't want to see him lead it because I also want to see him develop as a passer. Right and and not always just take off and use his feet and so I hope not. But I, I, it's a fair question though. It's it's certainly a fair question. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll get it in there down the line. Um, two other things we heard from Kyler Gordon, who also we talked about this yesterday that he was he's playing in uh, he was a slot corner as well playing mm -hmm. outside. He's he's psyched about all of it. 
Uh, that dude doesn't lack any confidence. And he, no, he, he does is, not. And, and he, <laughs> I, I found him very likable. I found him grounded. I see what the Bears are getting excited about in Kyler Gordon. That was my reaction to him speaking today. Yeah, and we talked to, you know, Bojack, Eddie Jackson right before, before that. And Eddie Jackson was saying, listen, this dude is a freakish athlete. You see the plays that he's able to make, and sometimes it's jaw-dropping, even for a veteran player like who's seen everything. He's played Alabama. He's been an all-pro player himself. He's made jaw-dropping plays on his own. And for him to say this rookie comes in here and has him in awe of some of the things that he can do athletically, that tells me a lot about him. But also the fact that we talked to Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator in the spring, and like we were saying, he said clearly, no, we are not going to cross-train him. We're going to let him learn one position. We think he's an outside corner. That's what he's going to be. And now you got Iberflu saying, well, we found out this kid has the intellectual bandwidth to learn both of these positions. And he has the athletic ability to play inside. And then you hear Kyler himself say, I love nickel. I love to play inside because it allows me to use my instincts to read and react. It allows me to be a bit of a linebacker and come up and enjoy the physicality of the game. She said it's fun for him. It's for me to put my shoulder into another guy's chest and take him down. Fun for me to blitz off the edge, make this in the backfield, force fun running backs. He's talking about all those things. And it was really, really refreshing to hear. I loved every minute of talking to him. I really, really liked the kid. <laughs> yep. You couldn't I, – I, I was – even when he was walking out, I, I, walk, well, I walked up and, you know, I grabbed my my recording device, i.e. my phone. I'm like, thanks a lot, man. And and he just kind of gave me the look in the eye. No problem. My pleasure. And I'm like, okay. Like, just you are – you're you're mature beyond your years and he's the goods you, he's the, he seems yeah. like the goods and so does so does jaquan brisker who we also heard about from eddie jackson eddie jackson said you know he's been and shout out to eddie jackson for understanding his new role on this team as a leader maybe he understood it a year or two too late right Not, but a year or two late and he understands i'm a leader on this team and it is my responsibility to bring along these young guys. And he talked about Jaquan Brisker specifically, and he said, I told him, listen, if you need anything, you need anything, let me know. He said, on that very same day that I told him that, he was like, hey, can I come over to your crib and watch film with you? And he's like, sure, come over. They come over, we watch film, we eat some food. He's done it several times now. And so those two kids get it, right? They understand it. They want to be great. I asked Kyler, do they ever have conversations about what they could be as rookies in terms of all-rookie team or rookie defensive player of the year? It's like, we talk about it a little bit, and it's absolutely reality. We could certainly do it. They understand it, and they're taking it serious, and I'm expecting I'm expecting big things from both of them. The Eddie, to me, was as impressive as Eddie's been in a press conference in a while. Like, he he – I think he was on his heels a lot last year just with how bad the season went. And he, even even when we got to see him in minicamp, just for everything that happened. But today, it just felt like a more grounded dude. I'm using that word a, a couple times now. But that's how it felt. Like, he just – he seemed pretty secure in his position and what, you know, the direction of the team and uh, the way he's communicating. And the Bears need him, man. I, I know that I know that people are tired of a little bit of Eddie Jackson and they think that uh, – you know, he's getting overpaid and hasn't delivered and all that stuff. And that, and that's fair for what it's been. Certainly last year, it was, it was a bad season. I'm not trying to make any 
excuses or, or you know, play it nice because it, it was awful. But the talent is there, and and I and I I was you know, you could be the biggest beneficiary of this whole regime change more than anyone. Like you really needed a fresh start and some accountability and here, here, and now you have it. So uh, Moose, I'm with you, man. He, he, he did. He, he, he seemed confident. He was, he, there was a, uh, you know, Hey, I, I've been around and I know what's being asked of me. And uh, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this guys. One thing he said about, uh, I think it was Brisker or maybe it was Gore. It doesn't matter. He's asking, uh, he's asking a lot of questions. He's asking the right questions. Because right. you can, you know, just be a guy that's asking questions, but can be completely clueless and not know what's going on. But when you're at, when you're at, I thought that was a nice little extra stamp of not only is he asking mm-hmm. questions, which is good that he's communicating, no questions, a bad question, but he's actually asking the right question. So you can see that he's understanding things um, and, and, and trying to next level. So all, all that, all that speaks well of what's happening in that secondary right now. Yeah, all that matters. It was, it was, it was good to hear Eddie Jackson also, you know, take accountability for his, you know, lack of production last year and he said you know maybe sometimes they got complacent you know maybe sometimes try to do too much and you know it was good to hear him say complacent right him to be but we all watched and we all saw him we all saw him touch a player down i was writing him the player get up and go keep running we, we all saw those types of things and so for him to say yeah i was complacent and then for him to also talk about having a coach that won't have Right. He talked about Alan Williams calling him out in film study. He talked about Iberpools holding everybody accountable in terms of finishing through the echo of the whistle. It sounds to me like Eddie Jackson is primed to re- return to some semblance of what we saw early in his career. Fingers crossed on that one. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. No show tomorrow because what are you doing tomorrow, Herb? I am officiating a wedding. Um, um, I was asked to officiate a wedding, Carm, and it was the it was the most honorable and hilarious request I've ever received in my life. And I was like, "If you're serious, sure, I'll do it." And so I went through the process to go ahead and get ordained and. This time tomorrow, I will have married some people. <laughs> I just le- I just left from a rehearsal, and it went really, really well, and it's going to be amazing. But I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, Carmen. I've spoken in front of everybody for everything. I've hosted every possible event you can think of, from concerts to business meetings to baby showers to birthday parties. I, a wedding, though? Like, and I've got to, like officiated and say by the powers vested in me herb howard you can be married oh, oh, i'm nervous i'm nervous i'm not gonna lie to you i'm nervous but i'm very very happy for them I'm looking forward to it i wish them nothing but the best i know them but i'd be lying to you if i said i wasn't nervous oh okay i mean nerves are okay you're gonna be great i have complete confidence i i do if i was in your position i would definitely have a pause like y'all sure about this you all know about the divorce rate you sure you, like you think you're gonna be on the positive side of the 50 percent to do this give me your reasons and then i'll go forward but like when, when we got off the show last night herb's like we're, we're talking about the rest of the week and, and he's like yeah i can do the show tomorrow but i can't do fr- friday i'm like oh, and I, i'm getting 
I'm, 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 I'm officiating a wedding. And I was like, and I just didn't hear it. And then after I, I, I clicked <laughs> off and I'm like, Did it set in? <laughs> my dude's an ordained minister ordained, whatever it's, I, minister whatever Herb, I've been telling everybody like refer to me as minister Herb. I don't I want mean, that, but I've been saying <laughs> it's minister damn Herb on the pod. I mean, that's a whole nother level right there. So, uh, listen, if you're watching this and you want Herb to officiate your wedding, if you have one coming up in the next couple of years or anytime soon, you know, reach on out and, and we can, we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, the other thing I want to end the show with today, you know, Lollapalooza is going on uh, in Grand Park and the, the entire youth of Illinois slash uh, Chicago slash, I know this is all inclusive here, slash the suburbs are going. And I'm having my own personal gas prices protest and i'm actually probably paying more taking the damn train to bears practice but i've been riding the metro up there and so i'm riding back today and i cannot believe what i'm seeing first of all uh you know i mean shout out to parents out there who've got 16 17 18 year old daughters with what what, what's what with the clothing choices nowadays it is aggressive and then every dude on that on that on that train is wearing a retro NBA jersey. I got or 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 new school. Demar Derozan, Derrick Rose, Keel O'Neal, Dikembe Mutombo. I mean, every which way. I mean, everyone's got a jersey on, and then you know, and everyone's got their their pen that they're smoking and they're making out in the metro. And I'm sitting there, old man Carm on the window, like I got to get off this thing. Hey, like I'm I'm wearing a mask. I'm trying to stay away from COVID, <laughs> and, and like, get me out of here. So, so shout out to Look, the youth of America having some fun. Uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge music festival guy. I love music festivals. I've been to all over the country. But Lala, I've only been to that once. And me for that one time having been just like a few years ago, because I had no idea the high school fest that this was right when i'm if i'm gonna be outside at a day party party it, it has to be adults we're day drinking and we're listening to music and it has to be adults i had no idea that the average age of lala was like Five. three and a half years old right you know what i mean i had no <laughs> idea I, I had no idea you get out there it's like all of these kids who just got out of gym class are drunk and they're naked and it's uncomfortable. I don't <laughs> like it and I want to get out of here. Like they're all like wet and covered in like beer and mud and it's like, what is going on here? I don't like it. I, no, 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 no. Right. And and fan side's offices are are in River North at the at the Chicago Brown Line stop. So I I'm I yesterday I rode the train all the way back down in the city and then I came back out. But today I'm like, I'm gonna get off at, at and, and and ride the purple. Cause I was, I was, so I'm getting off at Davis. I get on there purple's calm. It's, 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 it's an easy ride. We get to Fullerton, the entire Lala crowd just gets on again and they are standing all around me, just screaming loud that you're talking about the drunk, the drunk, uh, 17 year old who she looks like she's going to puke right there and has to get a seat immediately. It's three, it's three o'clock. Y'all right. Y'all, it's early. You're like, it's this early. is, this is this, but okay. Uh, you know, I, hey, I, 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 there, mo, there is part of me, 
Shy City, appreciate you following me on Twitter and seeing my, my tweet about this. Uh, I, I, sh- I, sh- I should have added into it that the truth is I'm extremely jealous and would love to be 17 and give me a chance to do this all over again. Uh, but for, you know, current Carm, that's just not no, what I really – I, I didn't I didn't need it. So, uh, but hey, I like the train. I'm, I'm reading my I'm reading my It's the Bigs. Uh, her piece on my way up this morning, thinking to myself, I'm going to scream at this dude with this Tevin take that he didn't say yesterday. Uh, and I loved reading it, man. It was uh, you definitely you know, did. You definitely did. Listen, as soon as I saw Carm, right, <laughs> I was walk, I was walking to the field, and he was coming into the media room, and he's like, "Yo, you held out on me on the on the Tevin take." I was like, "Oh, my bad." Like I didn't really like it didn't come together like that. He's like. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you were straight holding out, which I get it. You of course you weren't, but I, but I was like, whoa! I, he didn't say that yesterday, and on here we go with the piece, and and Tevin's getting cut. And then we get out the field, and you know, <laughs> as 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 reporters, the first thing we do when we get out to the field, we take one of these little rosters right here, and we kind of go through every little number and say who's here, who's not here, who's here, who's Who's not here? Who's here? Who's not here? And you get down to the bottom around 76, and nobody can find 76, Tevin Jenkins. And I was like, okay, man, I'm just missing him. And then everybody was like, you seen Tevin Jenkins? You seen Tevin Jenkins? And I was like, no. And it was so funny because I woke up this morning, and my Twitter was all, Herb, you're an idiot. What the F are you talking about? Tevin Jenkins may not make the team. You're stupid. You don't know this, that. I was like, Whatever, I'm just telling you what I've seen. And so when he when I got out there and he's not there, I'm like, hmm, guess who's practice today? <laughs> For me, it's the lack of execution that 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 I'm focused on right now. That's what pisses me off more than anything is right now is, is getting getting that stuff taken care of and getting that out of there. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. This is a new coach, new staff, new year for me. Um, I take everything like I'm a rookie. He's come, you know, so far from where we started for sure. We still have a long way to go though. Pisses me off more than anything. lot of work to do over these next two weeks and making sure that we figure out what we're good at who we are and what kind of mindset mentality that we want to play with every single play tell the guys in the room the other day and when we put the chicago bear film on they better notice like something from us pisses me off